Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, with kind of the reshuffling around here with vacations and whatnot and what have you on my talk 1071, uh, we've actually missed sitting in this room together and talking about... One of the big stories that we've been following on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom and Bradley Trainer, tell us about it. So, celebrity sex call. Yay. Nexium. Remember Nexium? Mm-hmm. That's this Keith Rainier guy who was indicted on charges of sex trafficking uh, last year, conspiracy, forced labor, blah, blah, blah. Well, Smallville actress Allison Mack was. Uh, Considered like the number two in this organization, and well, let's say, get okay. to the number two, a big steaming pile of it. Uh, but the story uh, through the New Year's holiday that we didn't get to because we were scattered to the four winds is um, a new court filing. And my God, it kind of brings together three stories in one, all things that we have been obsessed with on this show. Uh, and that is the following. So Nexium itself is one of the stories. Nexium again, sex cult. People were getting branded, being forced to have sex. I mean, it was just, you know, cockamamie, crazy, scary stuff. Okay, so Nexium on the one hand. This story then intersects Nexium with Scientology. Another one of our favorite topics. Things to hate. Yep. And Harvey Weinstein. Another one of our favorite things. So <laughs> somehow, uh, Allison Max attorneys have worked Scientology and Harvey Weinstein into her defense, both um. using examples of things that Scientology and Harvey Weinstein have done in her defense. Okay. So if you, um, um, the bottom line here is. If your defense requires Scientology and Harvey Weinstein, you're probably losing. Okay. So <laughs> that's like hiding from bullets behind an invisible wall. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, exactly. What? Or hiding behind bullets um, with a newsie. I don't know. Anyway, there's just so much going on. I can pull it all apart, but here's the takeaway. So she's being sued and accused him. By the way, she's on house arrest in California. Um, it, uh, prosecution is alleging that she is involved in forced labor, meaning that people were forced to do work for fear of reprisal. Mm-hmm. And those reprisals included things like releasing photos of a con- uh, of a what's the word compromising uh, nature. OK. OK. Mm-hmm. Nudie photos. Mm-hmm. Sexual nudie photos. Mm-hmm. Among other things. Um, but they say, her attorneys basically say, 
No, no, no. Because in the Scientology case, um, that, you know, was proven that that doesn't rise to the level of forced labor. Like, yeah, it's embarrassing that she threatened women, young women with uh, exposure to the public of her sexual organs. It might be embarrassing, mm-hmm. but it is not coercion, you know, that leads to forced labor because Scientology got away with it. So we should be able to get away with okay. it. Okay. Okay. Well, first of all, I really quickly want to just rewind the tape to just set up very briefly what Nexium is in case this is people's first sort of engagement with what is this Nexium cult. Like you said, it, it was, a, it was, it's been called a sex cult, but it did, it did start very similarly to Scientology in the sense that um, Scientology starts with the notion that there are certain types of things that you can do to enhance your life by being a part of this group. Nexium works similar. That's how they sort of brought people in was by talking about this technology and this Keith Rainier was in charge of them. And then they would once get in, then they were being required to have sex with him at his whim and yeah. do all types of forced labor. Oh, look, another way for a dirty old white man to have sex with a bunch of young ladies. I mean, okay, that's and, basically what it is. And to that end, uh, how are they bringing a Harvey oh, Weinstein into this? That mess. I almost used some words. Okay. Um, well, thank you for so not. They it's also argued for uh, an expansive reading. Her attorneys argued for an expansive reading of, quote, things of value, meaning that um, they're trying to make this case that she didn't receive any things of value in return for the sex. So, because, again, sex trafficking charges, right? Right. Um, you know, like you do the sex, you get some stuff. Right. Or um, or somebody who's in charge of you gets stuff. stuff for the sex. For the sex yeah. that the other person is having. Exactly. But her attorneys are saying, well, we need to talk about that definition of things of value. And, oh, over in this Weinstein case... Uh, filed in August of forced prostitution, saying that Harvey Weinstein lured uh, this woman into a hotel room in 2014 under the guise of an audition. You know, that's work, sex for Mm -hmm. work, sex for work. Well, um, that did not meet the standard for, quote, things of value. And so her attorneys want to also claim that these women um, weren't getting things of value or promised things of value, thereby allowing these sex trafficking charges. So basically, again, saying we're like this creepy situation over here. uh, And because the court ruled in their favor, you should rule in our favor. So, again, the two people they're using to or the two things they're using to defend this woman in a court of law. Scientology. Harvey Weinstein. This is why I think that, you know, the law and is so funny because essentially what we have happening here is that they really are admitting that they're disgusting and the lowest of the low. Oh yeah. No, she might've threatened women to expose their dirty pictures. Yeah. It's not like that bad. It's not like that's legally bad. Yeah. It's just bad. That's, that I that's the part that I have such a difficult time with, and I get it, I get it, right? Because we have laws, and they do have to prove the burden of proof. You know that they have to prove that a law was broken. Yeah. Um. And so I I I do understand that obviously, but but to your point, Bradley, it is it is 
mildly amusing, maybe a poor choice well, of words there, and disgusting, yeah, that the thing that they are comparing themselves to in order to defend themselves are the things that are the most despicable and disgusting, you know. Yeah, like you're in like, good company, uh, Allison Mack, yeah. when, when Scientology and Harvey Weinstein are on your side. I mean, yeah, you have, <gasps> have fun on Go Away Island where you guys can all just go be gross together. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Well, we will continue to keep uh, an eye on, on, on this as it develops um, because we are still kind of in the early stages when it comes to this. Uh, the Nexium cult and and they're you know being held accountable for that behavior, that sex behavior. When we come sex back, trafficking. Thank you. Forced labor. Thank you. Uh, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, it is Friday, and as though we have not been cheating plenty on our own diets, uh, we do observe cheat day, and we are going to cheat, and we do have something that is uh, being that is being hotly talked about. In fact, I heard the morning show talking about it this morning and I got out and got my hands on it. So we're going to try it, find out what it is after this on my talk one Oh seven. Well, it's Friday and uh, we haven't had our fill of cookies and sugar through the holidays. No, gosh, I haven't eaten nearly enough. So, you know, we're going to just do that on the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk one Oh seven one streaming live at my talk one Oh seven one.com. Everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Good day, madams and ladies. Fridays, we throw our dietary restrictions out the window and we have a little cheat day. Dirty, rotten cheetah. Cheat day taste test. Stick this in your mouth. We're about to stick it in our mouth. Okay. What are we putting in our mouth? Oreos has done it again. And uh, they have now announced... There, uh, this is going to be a permanent flavor. This is a permanent Oreo flavor. This isn't one of those fly by night, you know, try it and then we're going to take it away. Limited edition experiences. Uh, it's carrot cake Oreos. And these were just released, but two days ago, they're starting 2019 off with a bang with these carrot cake Oreos. Here's the description. Are you ready? Uh, so th- this would be layered between two sweet cookies is a cream cheese. Two sweet cookies mm-hmm, is a cream cheese frosting flavored cream. And apparently those uh, traditional golden vanilla wafers uh, are going to have a little bit of that carrot cake. Yeah, it's a carrot, carrot cake flavored cookie with cream cheese frosting. Yeah. All so right. there you go. So this is the uh, Oreo experience. Holly, you want to come in here and, and get, get your... Yes, please. Get a Ooh. pile of them. I'll be honest. I'm really looking forward to the uh, cream cheese. They smell cream cheesy. Do they? See, yeah. that's... I'm excited about oh, that. Oh, jeez. Here, now, take you, that. I don't want it. Just you know me. Uh, I'm not... I don't... Ooh, they're falling apart. With the Oreos. Well, I might have hit something on the way in. Sorry about it. Um, you hit something? Like I had them in a bag and I ran into a... Oh. Like a thing. Well, I can tell you they smell very carrot, carrot cakey. cakey, mostly cream cheesy. Ooh, yeah, they smell. Yes. Good. Ooh, I like right. it. Okay, you try first. This is the carrot cake Oreo available starting on January second, and this is a permanent flavor by Oreo. This is not a mm, limited edition experience. I you would like? eat lots of those for sure. Okay, well, you might have to because there's a whole bag of them right here. Holly, have you uh, put one in your mouth yet? No, but are these supposed to have double stuff esque cream in them? They kind of do, though, right? Yeah, do they? I don't. You know, it's just the cream cheese. 
uh, and I don't. I, I, my sense is that it has to be a little bit more than normal. Why? I don't know. Yeah. I, no, I'm not saying it has to be. I'm saying it looks like. Oh, it definitely. When is. I say it has to be, it looks like it is. Oh, is what these I mean. are lovely. Yeah. Are they good? Yeah, they're good. Okay, go for it. Because right. they're I'm kind in. of like it's that like pumpkin spice experience, you know, that you'd expect oh. from a carrot cake, but it's and nice then a cream and cheese middle. Yeah. Okay. Those are good, right? The cream cheese middle is my favorite part right now. Yeah. But the crunch, I like the crunch from the carrot oh, okay. cake cookie. I'd also like to note that the batch of Oreos that we have received were put together incorrectly, where the Oreo label on one side is actually on the inside. Oh, really? And then you don't I think, have an Oreo logo. Maybe you got the only one. I think one you got the only that. one. They're oh. new. They're new here. So, you know, we won't. Oh, yeah, Oreo. They haven't been around for a while. I'm just saying, this is a new product. We'll just give them a minute to no, figure I, it out. No, I think those are a keeper. That's a flavor. Because I'm not a fan of original Oreos anyway. I don't like the chocolate wafer cookie. No, There's they get stuck favorite. in the teeth. It's I don't annoying. care. Yeah, and you look them. like you've been sucking on a like potted plant. Yeah, it's I'm, not worth it. I, I, do, I don't eat them in public. That's a home experience. I, well, I also got sick uh, or was sick and um, was drinking lots of orange juice because I had like a really bad cold. And then I ate like half a bag of Oreos. Oreos and orange juice do not go together. Oh, and so God. ever since it kind of ruined me for Oreos, that kind of Oreo. The, that was a bad the yellow, The whiter cookies. Were you an adult when you did that? golden cookie. Yeah. Oh. I was in college. Oh. Did you literally but toss I also your cookies? Used to, yeah, I also used to do a lot of other things you wouldn't approve of. Mm. So, anyway, the we won't get into the that. Story is that I like these, uh, and I would give them a solid four out of five. I do. I, I uh, four out of five cobras. Yeah. That is a that is a pretty that's a high mark. Um, and I think I would too, actually, because I those are really good. And I am an Oreo purist. I usually don't get excited about these. Holly, what's your rating on these? I'm a nice four out of five. Do you know what I'm very much excited about? What have you heard of these? Buttered popcorn Oreos. They're coming. Really? Yes. I don't know how I feel about this. Oof. Tell Apparently me more. Apparently somebody said they... Uh, I saw them show up in my Insta feed because I follow somebody who does the junk food. Mm-hmm. And I got to find where he put the junk food aisle. I okay, can I called. say one more thing about these while you're looking yeah. that up? The thing about the cream cheese frosting that I really enjoy... Is that it's not, you know, the the frosting or the the middle of the a regular Oreo, it's like a little stiffer. This really, it's like really like a cream cheese frosting. Yeah. It's a little bit like gooey, ooey, gooey. And it doesn't maybe stick unnaturally to the cookie. So you really do feel like you're eating carrot cake frosting. That's all. Coming soon, buttered popcorn Oreos. Weird but true, says the junk food aisle. I follow the junk food aisle on um, Instagram, and I would suggest if you love junk food that you follow him or her. It says, weird but true. I got to try one of these last month without being told what the flavor This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, 
Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. For was, and I would have put all my money on it being pineapple after just licking the cream. Eating it in its natural sandwich cookie state, though, it becomes everyone's least favorite jelly belly, but better. I actually like buttered popcorn jelly bellies. So here's where I'm confused about that, though, yeah. is why? Why would it taste? Why would it even have a vague hint of I don't know. a pineapple? Well, you know how it is. Sometimes artificial flavors, you, you kind of it's a whole experience. You need it, you all put together. it all together. But anyway, I'm I would be excited. I like whenever again, whenever they're not the chocolate cookie flavors, I'm all here for that. Except for the watermelon ones. Those were weird. Oh yes. Yeah. Those were so nasty. Oof. Those were really gross. We've tried a lot of the uh the crazy Oreo flavors, mm-hmm. haven't we? So oh, did we try the strawberry shortcake ones? I don't remember I don't that. I think so. That doesn't um, sound familiar. But that that the fruity doesn't. I don't do that. Did we try the Rocky Road Trip Oreos? Yeah, oh, for sure. Did we like those? Uh-huh. Okay. Because yes. uh, there were bits of uh, marshmallow in the cookie. We did try the firework Oreos because yes. remember those ones gave you a little pop rock explosion. Yeah. Did we ever try a cherry cola Oreo? I think so. Maybe I don't I remember don't that one, but that one was a my Oreo creation creation do you know what we are not eating pina colada oreo thins that's i want to eat those yeah um there is something called a kettle corn one go ahead i, sorry. Yeah, I'm, I hate kettle corn oh, i love kettle corn um i'm just looking through the junk food aisle and in the uk they have soft center twix cookies it's like a chocolate chip cookie with twix in the middle what squishy twix yeah i want to try it's like that a twix pillow a chocolate chip Twix pillow. Okay, that sounds so, that sound amazing. The Brits always so get to good. try fun things. They do. Oh, I cannot believe I have not told you this. Or haven't we even talked about this? I started watching the Great British Baking Show. Oh my God, finally. Yes, I remember you t- You told me that uh, during the holiday. Well, what, I texted you, you about it. I Well, I mean, what did you I'm start watching on? a lot of things. The last, the most recent season. Oh, the most, with the new folks? I guess I don't know. Sure, with, pa- with Paul and Prue, and not Mary Berry. Sure, you got to go back and watch Mary Berry, though. Okay, she's the OG man. I just, you know, I just took what was right in front of me. Yeah, I didn't really <clears throat> investigate deeply. It was kind of a moment of desperation. I just needed something to watch, and that was available. What did you think? Well, I, I was, I, I like it. I am surprised. Because everybody would talk, I get it, like you guys, everybody was talking about it around here and everybody likes it, so there's got to be something to it. Yeah. But I still couldn't like figure out what it was, like what the factor was it? Like four, I think I'm in. Yeah, you got to wait because once you start feeling emotional for the contestants, it'll all become, yeah, it'll all become clear. And by the end of it, you'll be a sobbing mess. But, and that's what I was going to say is that, that I didn't quite understand what it was that you guys were all so excited about. Cause I'm like, what? They're just like baking stuff. Oh, okay. But I get it. Having watched it now, it's like I do feel sort of endeared to certain, but, and that happened pretty immediately because they do pick people who are pretty good characters just, also. The, the thing that makes the Great British Baking Show such an amazing show is because they don't force drama on people. Right. They don't create drama. They just let the people be and sometimes they're stressed and sometimes they're just happy. Sometimes they're helping each other. Sometimes they're throwing a little shade. They just let them be the way they are and 
and not like our, you know, cooking competition shows, Mm -hmm. like create this false, like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just, I like it. I'm glad you're on board. Yes. All right. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got some D bags for you. Celebrities behaving badly. We're going to tell you about them and what makes them a D bag today after this on My Talk 1071. Celebrities behaving badly. They do it all the time, and we have to talk about it on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer, and uh, we call those celebrities D Bags. Presenting oh. Lord Rude. and Lady Douchebag uh, of the Day. We love Diane. Who's your D-bag? Oh, it's my D-bag. Woo-woo. Speaking of woo-woo, Wendy Williams, she's my D-bag. Why is she your D-bag? Oh, God. Did you guys talk about her at all? Oh, yeah, because mm-hmm. because she fell again. Yeah, yeah. she fell Who again. falls that much? Because I've never, quote, I sincerely apologize if you feel today's show was less than stellar. Um, by the way, the reason we're talking about her today is that she is just a few days away from, I think, Monday starting back on her show mm-hmm. after taking a few weeks off because uh, of that fall. <clears throat> I sincerely apologize if you feel that today's show was less than stellar. I'm on your TV screens every day. Here's another example, by the way. I'm going to do an aside. Mm-hmm. Remember, this is now, what, like half a dozen time today that we're talking about poor celebrities? Yes. I, I am on your TV screens every day wanting to spread laughter, entertainment, and cheer. Not the first two, all three. As I reported earlier this week, I have a hairline fracture on my upper arm, which hurts like hell. I've never broken a bone or experienced any fracture in my life. In the key place where the fracture is and trying to scurry around and do too much, I am now paying the price. I've never taken a pain medication in my life until this week. Okay, so she explained her fall mm-hmm. uh, from her painkillers. Her painkillers, by the way, because of the horrible fracture she's never experienced before in her life, and she's too busy trying to bring you cheer that she doesn't need you to give her attitude. So shut up and stop talking about her. Anyway, she's going to take two weeks off because maybe she needs to take care of herself. Um, Coming off the heels, by the way, of you know another attack. A few months ago, mm-hmm. which she blamed on her Graves disease, which she does in this apology too. she mm-hmm. goes into the whole thing about the Graves disease and basically says, if you don't understand how bad it is, Google it. OK, so in the interest of full disclosure, I have that exact same disease. Yeah. Can I ask you a question, though? Yeah. Have you ever fallen backwards in a Statue of Liberty costume on the show? Never once. Not only have I not ever fallen backwards in a Statue of Liberty costume (laughs) on a show, I've never fallen backwards because of my grave disease. I generally, again, like have the same disease. Um, To my my understanding is we all, if you have it, you have it at the same severity as everybody else. There's not one case that's worse than another's. If it's being treated, it's being treated. And the side effects do not include uh, slurred speech. That's just your own fault. Uh, Or falling. Again. Quote. That's just your own fault. (laughs) I really do ride or die for my craft and give 200%. 
Okay. Um. Well, you can okay. only give a hundred percent. I mean, look, I see. This is the thing where you get caught up, and people are like, "You're just a bitch. Why are you being so bitchy to Wendy Williams?" I don't have any truck with Wendy Williams. It's it's this like notion though that she is like, you know, oh, we just don't understand. We just don't get how hard it is to be a very successful entertainer. Okay. Well, I bet your life is very stressful, and I bet some days it sucks. Um. I don't think that has anything to do with what's going on here. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand the need to. Sh- it's like sh- I feel like we're being shamed for something nobody said anything about. I mean, this is like a whole entire she's pre-shame that we are working on. It's like Minority Report. Honestly. Remember that movie? Not- yeah, but I don't understand how that gets us to Wendy Williams. But please yeah. elucidate. Yeah, well, because she's pre-shaming us. It's like we oh. already. It's <laughs> like pre. <laughs> that was the whole thing where you could tell who's going to commit a crime. Exactly. Before it, happened. Oh, it was yeah, the pre-crime okay. units in Minority Report, the mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg movie with Tom Cruise. So yes. Wendy Williams is basically pre-shaming us, like in Minority Report, where they convicted you of a crime before you committed it. Mm-hmm. I just. <sighs> There obviously there's something else going on here and she doesn't want us to know yeah, what it is. I mean, she thinks we're dumb. And that's fine. Then in in which case I would say, why can't you just say Wendy Williams? I've just got some some personal things going some time on. Off. I need to take some time off. I'm sorry I'm not I mean, do uh Carrie Underwood about it and just I mean, we'd probably make fun of her for that too. But th- rather than try to retrofit it to to whatever something that doesn't quite match yeah. up, so like we're supposed to, f- we're like all over here going, "Oh God, she, we are so mean." No, nobody said anything about you, right? But I do, I do find it concerning, and I hope that her doctors are paying attention to the fact let, that this girl falls a lot. She falls, <laughs> and then she says these. I'm just going to say these words, and then we'll be done. But I just, I think I want for you now. to hear the whole picture. I really do ride or die for my craft and give 200. percent Not to mention, everyone is aware at this point about my thyroid condition. Don't cry for me, Argentina. For all my fellow thyroid sufferers, you know what the deal is. And for those that don't, I encourage you to please read up. Needless to say, whatever today's performance was with the legendary The Locks, who said such nice things about me i have no regrets and i appreciate everyone's genuine concern for my wellness and care i promise you a better wendy in 2019 i will get some much needed rest and healing over the next couple of weeks sorry again yes i'm definitely juicing over the next couple of weeks happy holidays what the what, what does I have to do with anything i don't know what her real problem is she's maybe the juice is loose exactly. in her head or liver woof all right. Yeah. So I again, me think the lady doth protest too much. Yeah. Yeah. Woof. Okay. Uh, would you like to know who my D bag is? Yes. Hmm. It's a Duchess, Meghan Markle. Oh. Meghan Markle is my D bag today because of this story. Woo! So this was um this is a story that was reported in Vanity Fair that was reported by a source. I don't know who the source is, but I believe this. So now, you know, Meghan Markle, she took some time to kind of, you know, rise to the level of fame that she was when she made it on Suits. So she apparently, while she was working her way up, she owned a lot of clothing that was stylish, but perhaps more on a budget, right? Mm -hmm. Think of like your H&M type clothing and Zara. Um, that's how, is it Zara or Zara? Yeah, Zara. 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 Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Well, apparently, 
when Meghan Markle made it real big and she got herself on Suits, mm-hmm. according to a source who talked to Vanity Fair, mm-hmm. she threw a party that was unofficially billed as the Sayonara Zara party, where she invited her friends to her house and they and and she gave them all of her hand-me-down Zara clothes because now oh because now she's she in the could afford the big clothing. So she like gave a charity party for her friends. Oh, wow, I bet that was exciting for them. Ooh, I yes, mean, I'll come over and raid your closet. Because yeah, I would love your can. I want stops. your hand-me-downs, you rich bitch. Now that you've got all that money and you can get all the super expensive designer clothing. Please do hand down. Hey guys, want to come over to my house and take all my seconds? Can you, isn't that bizarre? I'm gonna conmari my clothes into your wardrobe. Oh, exactly. This doesn't bring me joy anymore because it's not expensive enough. Here, you can have it. Um, yeah, she gave away all of her lower priced clothing to her <laughs> friends. And I think I'm putting that in loose quotes because I think one of the things that we are learning swiftly she doesn't have any about Meghan Markle is that friendship is not See, uh, a thing that she's super yeah. excited about. Can um, I just, yeah. yeah. Can I just say mm-hmm. really quickly on that particular note, uh, look around, mm-hmm. look to people and see who they surround themselves with, mm-hmm. if anyone. And if there's not a lot of people going on, ask yourself, why is that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Carry on. Uh, In any case, apparently, and then there's like this whole other. So that's why I made her my D bag is because of that story. But then, you know, it's it was spinning out into I started to read other stories about Meghan Markle because now I'm sold on the fact that she really is not a fun person um, to be around because all of the evidence seems to be piling up. Right. Mm -hmm. Like all of her assistants in the palace, not all of them, but, you know, they've been kind of dropping like flies a little bit. Um, and there was this, the rumors of a dust up between her and, uh, members of the royal family, including but not limited to Duchess Kate. Mm-hmm. Well, allegedly, according to something I read, uh, the queen just had had it up to here with, with the two of them. And she demanded around the holidays that the two of them sort out their differences. And the two of them had a heart to heart. And one of the things that, uh, Kate apparently, according to, the story I read that Kate apparently said to Meghan Markle was that she did not appreciate that. She felt that Meghan had used her for her social climbing, but all is well between them now. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'm sure everything's hunky dory, Mm -hmm. but aren't you sort of on in the camp of where there's smoke, there's fire a little bit right now. Oh, I totally think that they um, hate each other's guts. And uh, because, you know, I think Kate sees Meghan as, you know, sort of because the royal family is all about what power power. Yes. But uh, what is their only way to have power? Attention. Yes. Optics. Op- well, uh, image. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the, the royalty relies on the only reason it exists any longer is because they made a calculated decision to sort of give the the public a reason to still have them around. Mm-hmm. And by doing so, they've said like, okay, um, we'll show how we can be really, you know, worthwhile and important to you. Mm-hmm. So it's all about image. And so it should not be any stretch of the imagination to think that image would then create a friction point, yeah. right? So like any of their disagreements are probably going to be around the way they are perceived in public or the way that they present themselves. Yeah. So I feel like these stories are absolutely probably 
more spot on than we than we gather. I feel like there's mm, a that theme. Very intelligent, I and I don't think it was probably. But I do feel like there's a theme to the show today because speaking of appearances and and uh, who people want us to believe they are, um, you know, I think we should probably go back to our conversation about Kevin Hart. And Ellen DeGeneres. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game. And you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Yeah. Because uh, we have some unresolved feelings, I think, that we need to work through. Ellen DeGeneres gave over her show to an interview with Kevin Hart about the Oscars hosting debacle. And uh, we we picked out some some points of it that were that got kind of stuck in our craw. We're gonna talk more about that after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. So Ellen DeGeneres invited Kevin Hart onto her show and gave the entire hour over to an interview with him all about the Oscars hosting debacle. This is the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071. Streaming live at mytalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley hey. Trainer. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that is that is the episode that airs today. Yeah. And um and Ellen is getting some flack for it. And uh, we'll we'll tell you a little bit more about that. But first, just to kind of give you some context, the show begins or the or the interview begins with. Um, with them resetting the stage, here's what happened. And Kevin Hart explains how he got ex- he was excited. It's always been a goal of his to host the Oscars. Uh, and then these tweets from 2008 surfaced that showed him to be incredibly homophobic and distasteful. And from 2008, which he says he's answered to in the past, and he has, there's, you know, record of that. However... Uh, he, he, they were made public and he refused to address them and he explained why he made that choice. And then we heard kind of how that progressed, which ended up leading him to decide to pull out from being the Oscar host. Then Ellen DeGeneres tries to convince him to be the Oscar host again after she has called the Academy and said, Listen, you know, what can we do to make this happen? And the Academy says, yes, we'd like to have him back. And then she kind of hands it back to him and asks him if he would actually ever do that. And this is how he responded. So um, I, I just I, hearing that again, I just get animated about it because nobody's attacking you. People were pointing out your comments and that's social media. So this was not the Academy that did this again, just to restate what the actual story is here. Kevin walked away from the Academy Awards job. Allegedly, they asked him to apologize for it or at least address it. It sounded like there was some confusion because if you listen to this interview with Ellen in its entirety, it's clear that the Academy wants him to do it. The offer has been on the table. They feel like the conversation got confused uh, in the sort of chaos of the moment. Um, and there was some confusion. Now, probably a little bit of that is like the Academy trying not to seem like a D-bag, right? Mm-hmm. So, The bottom line is there's a lot going on, but at the very base of it all is simply this. Kevin Hart walked away from doing the Oscars. 
he could do them now if he wanted to. So then you got to ask yourself, why is he on Ellen? Why is Ellen trying to throw her support using her celebrity, an entire episode of her show, to, quote, convince him that he should do this? And at the end of it, he just continues to say he's going to think about it, but hesitate, um, hesitates because he feels like by doing this, he will be giving in to trolls and haters. Trolls and haters, by the way, sh- certainly there are trolls and haters for everyone in the world, uh, especially Hollywood celebrities. But a lot of those people were not so, were not trolls and haters. A lot of those people were people like me mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of our listeners who were like, yeah, so, hey, look, we grew up being called those things. Those things, by the way, that you may say you don't stand by anymore, but they're still available for viewing on your Twitter account. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's not that people who had an opinion about Kevin Hart hosting the Oscars are trolls. And so that's and that's I take a little bit issue with with Ellen as well, because she in this conversation is like, well, don't give in to the haters. Don't give in to the trolls. Right. And it's like, actually, Ellen, they're not haters and trolls. They're people like you who maybe aren't comfortable in this day and age supporting someone who's been so vocal. And by the way, 2009 is not that long ago. Right. So it's not as though, but that's getting into a different conversation, right? right? Because then you begin to have the conversation about, can't you forgive people? We've never even had that conversation. Right. And we we can, but we're not going to right now because right now what, what is what what the conversation is about is about Ellen sort of involving her in this herself in this narrative. I don't now. know what she gets out of this, well, honestly. Here's what I find really interesting is what you just said that sparked something in me, Bradley, is when you said, you know, it was people like Ellen having this reaction. And I thought, my gosh, okay, so go with me here. But Ellen just released this comedy special on Netflix called what? Um, what's the name of it? Relatable. Relatable. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Where she, you know, kind of makes fun of the fact that she's not as relatable anymore. Yeah. Right? But this is an, this is the exact, this is the exact display of that. Because this is what makes her not relatable in this moment is because, you know, were she not in the position she is in of fame where she actually knows Kevin Hart and has had umpty foo personal conversations with him and has some sort of intimate knowledge of who he is as a human being and a colleague, etc. She would likely be having the same reaction. But having now been surrounded kind of by the minutiae of Hollywood, she's no longer even able to access what that might have looked like to her. Yeah. Had she not found herself in that position. And so then she brings him on her show to say, okay, to me, this is what I'm interpreting. Kevin, explain, tell, tell, show everybody the person I know, be that person for everybody so that they can see, you know, who you really are. So, Basically, so I look good because I'm with you. I'm on your side. We well, yeah, again, I, I just I feel like she uh, Kevin Hart, by all accounts. And again, if you listen to the interview, by all accounts, Kevin Hart could do the Oscars if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. His ego's in the way. Yeah. Right. And 100%. He, he's describing that as like, it's, uh, you know, my children. What would they think if blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't have time for that. But at the end of the day, I think it's really about his ego. So his ego is the thing that's standing in the way. So then why is he going on Ellen? Um, Because he wants sort of like a gay magic wand. 
He wants the fairy dust from Ellen to sort of absolve him of his gay transgressions. Can I share a blind item that was published yesterday on Crazy Days and Nights.net that might shed a little bit of light on this? So here, listen to this blind item. I'll paraphrase a little bit because it's kind of long. So this A-list actor and comic is going on an apology tour for some old remarks he made. He originally wanted to start the tour on that A-literate talk show host show because she was one of the first people to defend him. But his PR Williams. Yes. But his PR people panicked and ordered that he will go on that show hosted by that funny lady or else his career won't recover. He begrudgingly said yes. More proof that the latter host caters to the PR people of her guests. She won't treat him with kid gloves, however. She'll probably lecture him about how he was wrong, blah, 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 blah. Will he get that job? I don't know. But I'm sure he'll get a cover on a particular magazine because that same conglomerate is in charge of both that magazine and the show he is going on. People? Yeah. Both wow. Time yeah, this entities. is but okay. So at the end of the day, none of this is hard for me to swallow. What we're basically saying is, and this was what you know, I, I actually tweeted something to this effect earlier today because my whole reaction to this before you get into the conversation about the LGBT issues is that this was about celebrity privilege. This is about protecting their careers, or you know, Ellen helping protect another celebrity's career. Mm-hmm. And I'm not here for that. Mm-mm. Like that's their thing. But you got to call that out when it happens because otherwise people get mired in these individual little um, conversations, which are actually very valuable, but have very little to do with what we're actually looking at. Right. All right. Well, we'll be back after this. <laughs> Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.